0: Today on Growing Through Grace
1: I think there's something to be said for being in church during the week You know, there's a lot of people around you that need to be encouraged It's not always easy to walk with the Lord It's not always easy to do the right thing We need to be praying for each other we got to hang out together We're all we got, you know?
0: You're listening to Growing Through Grace with Pastor Jack Abelan of Morningstar Christian Chapel in Whittier, California. And as we get back to our verse-by-verse study, we'll pick up where we left off last time in Acts chapter 18, verses 18 through 28. Pastor Jack has been discussing some of the different people that the Lord used to strengthen the church and is currently reviewing Paul's short stay in Jerusalem. Let's join our teacher for the conclusion of this study that's titled it takes all kinds. Here's Pastor Jack.
1: You know, some people like downtime. I just want to be down. Paul was burning to serve. Some people like to be wrapped up in sports. Paul just wanted to run the race. Some people are interested in, in money and, 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 and gain. Paul just was interested in soul. I mean, he was just driven. Imagine being out on the road, you know, for the better part of a decade. And you're still just wailing to go. And this, is not a, this isn't the resource he's, he's hanging out at. It's places where they've stoned him and, and tried to kill him and, and beat him and lied about him and imprisoned him. And it's not a good road to follow, to follow, but yet that's where he is. So verse 23, Luke, in one sentence, covers all of the familiar places that Paul went with a kind of broad brush. He went to Tarsus, to Iconium, to Lystra, to Derbe, to Antioch, to Phrygia, and Galatia. Those are the provinces above or to the north. And we're not told anything about those. He just went back, and his one message to all of these churches, and there were a lot of them now, was just, come on, man, hang in there with Jesus, right? Trust the Lord. And then he headed for Asia, where where last time, if you were with us on the second journey, uh, the Holy Spirit did not allow Paul to go. He tried to go down towards... Uh, Ephesus but he wasn't allowed. But this time, having stopped there, you know, m- months earlier, he now finds himself allowed by the Lord to head for Ephesus and that place where he had left Aquila and Priscilla uh, to oversee this fledgling work that God had seen last time. Verse 23 is an important verse because Paul spent months of his time just meeting with churches encouraging the saints. Right? I think there's something to be said for being in church during the week. You know, there's a lot of people around you that need to be encouraged. It's not always easy to walk with the Lord. It's not always easy to do the right thing. We need to be praying for each other. We've we got to hang out together. We all, we're all we got, you know? The church kind of is, is, is together in the world. We're not a part of that. But we, we can find strength together. So in one verse, Luke covers 810 miles of travel, and who knows how many stops of Paul to encourage the people. It is an amazing story to say the least. And we will in fact pick up next week when Paul arrives in Ephesus at the ministry that Paul starts there. In fact, he'll be there three years and we're going to do the first seven verses next week of Lord, Lord be willing of chapter 19. But But before we get there, God gives to us not any reports of the 800 miles of travel or of the welcome in Jerusalem. But he takes us to Ephesus to show us the preparation that is going on in this town before Paul arrives. And we read in verse 24, now there was a certain Jew whose name was Apollos. He was born in Alexandria. He was an eloquent man. He was mighty in the scriptures and he came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the ways of the Lord and he was fervent in the Spirit. And he spoke and he taught accurately the things of the Lord, but he only knew the things of the baptism of John. Paul had been gone from Ephesus. It might very well have been almost a year by now. The Holy Spirit directs us to the ministry of Achille and Priscilla, and in particular, one guy. Remember, this is the report from Jesus to the church. This is how I work. This is your standard, right? This is the template. This is how you want to watch and see how God works. One of these men in this town was named Apollos. He would eventually, as we go down a few verses, end up in Corinth, where Paul, remember, had sailed away from uh, in the last study that we had, where he had been for 18 months. Apollos was a guy that came from Alexandria, which in Egypt was the intellectual center of, of the country, certainly. In fact, in Alexandria, 250 years earlier than what you're reading, the Bible had been translated into Greek. And it was the, it was then and still is called the Septuagint. It's the Old Testament in Greek. The New Testament, for the most part, is written in Greek, but, but the Old Testament is not. So it was translated by a, a handful of men into uh, the Greek, and it helps us a lot. We use it a lot even in our study. There there was in Alexandria many years ago, they discovered a library uh, in in one of the ruins that had 700,000 books in it. Pretty amazing for that first century, for sure. We're told a couple of things about uh, Apollos. He was an eloquent man. Uh, The word means to be fluid in letters, which is an interesting word. It's it's kind of a play on the word logos or, or word, but it just means he's a really educated man we are told that he was mighty in the scriptures. Donatos. Donatos means means powerful or dynamic. So when he shared, he was a guy that you wanted to, to listen to. And he was instructed or taught in the ways of the Lord. We don't know who taught him. We don't know where he learned what he knew. We don't understand where he came from with all of that information. But we are told that when he showed up in Ephesus, this was a guy that he was not only good at speaking, but he, he had a lot of information and understanding about God's ways. In fact, the Lord goes on and he said he taught and he spoke accurately. Akribos is a word that means with every detail in place. So he, he didn't just wing it. <laughs> he, he knew stuff and, and he was good at it and he was fervent in the spirit. Zeo is a, is a Greek word that means to boil over like a pot of water. So really excited, accurate in what he shared, eloquent in his ability to communicate, and really well taught in the things that he knew. So he, he had a man with conviction and emotion all at the same time. That's pretty good. And he was able to teach with, with actual enthusiasm, which I think makes him a rare guy. But here's the drawback. When he gets to Ephesus, uh, this is a man who hadn't heard the whole gospel. He'd only heard the gospel up to the baptism of John, which takes you right to the beginning of the Gospels for the most part. It's only to the Book of Matthew. You just start at the beginning, right? Here's John preaching, funny clothes, eating weird stuff, and the whole country going out to see him and to be baptized. And the Jews, for forever, never in their life, are now getting baptized as Paul. I mean, as John calls them to repent, and he says to them, "There's coming someone after me. I can't." I'm not worthy to unlatch his, his, his shoes, his, his sandals, but he's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's coming. That was John's message. John's baptism was not the baptism of the New Testament. It was the baptism of, of repentance, uh, of preparedness. For a Jew who believed I'm chosen by God, I don't need to follow you know, baptism. That's for Gentiles to join me. They were now called to repent of their position before God, and many did. That was John's ministry. And when Jesus came, you remember John kind of says, I have to decrease. He's got increase. And John kind of fades from the picture, and here comes the ministry of Jesus. That's all that Apollos knew. He was eloquent and excited and insightful and, and accurate. He just didn't have the whole story. And so he might have heard that Jesus, you know, the Messiah had come to be baptized by John. He, he might have heard about the miracles of Jesus even, What he didn't hear about was the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the the, the need to repent, the opportunity to be born again. None of that stuff came to Apollos. He was on fire with what he knew. He just didn't know everything. And so God used him greatly. He came there and had an influence, but he didn't have all the answers. I bring that up to you only because Sometimes I'll hear Christians say, I don't really know what to say to my neighbor because I don't know everything. Well, you know a lot more than Apollos knows. And God used that guy plenty. So unless you want to beg off completely, be Apollos. Tell him what you know. I don't have all the answers, but here's what I know. I don't know all of the things, but here's what I do know. And there's an ability that we have to be able to share what God has taught us. And that's all that Apollos did. What he taught was right. It was just with limited information, lots of unanswered questions. He was accurate. He had conviction and all. Uh, But it didn't slow him down (laughs) at all. So don't let that slow you down either. There's a lot to be shared. Verse 26 tells us So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when Achilles and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside. And they explained to him the way of God more accurately. So, a couple of things. Number one, there was no real church established here. So, Achille and Priscilla, Jews born again, were attending synagogue. There was no church established. Achille, or Apollos, I should say, came to the synagogue. They rejoiced to hear this young man preaching because, man, this guy's dynamic. But he doesn't have all the information. So he never got to the clincher, the death of Jesus. And he was risen from the dead. <laughs> he just stopped. With and then you get baptized and the Messiah's is coming and stopped. Not quite all of the information. So they invited him home. He had a good start, no finish. No political debate. They just sat down with him and began to, to share the word of God with him. And you have to admire Apollos. And Paul sure did. He listened. He was teachable. In fact, if you read the first Corinthian letter, since uh, that's where Paul's will end up, in chapter 1, 3, 6, no, 1, 3, 4, 16, he mentions this man four different times. Mentions him again in the book of Titus in chapter 3 as well. So while Paul was alive, this guy shows up, he shows great promise, and then these older, more mature saints take him under their wings, begin to, quietly at home, away from the synagogue, teach him what's going on, and, and share with him the, the plans of God. And, and he, he loved what he heard, and he, he sat with them, and he, he seemed to just grow with leaps and mounds. And, and he was learning these things, not from a pastor, but from a tent maker. These guys made tents. Hey, come over there and sit in the tents, the one we just built. Right? They had a stall there at the bazaar, and, and that's where you came if you needed a new uh, place to live. So these, these guys weren't in ministry per se. They were in town. They were sustaining themselves, and they were sharing the gospel with others. What they have done, we can do. Share God's word, you know? Share it with your friends. Share it at your job. Be a disciple maker, because this guy turns out to be quite a guy, even though he showed up not knowing very much. You might go, well, that guy's not going anywhere. He doesn't know anything. Well, that's true for a while. We read in verse 27, and when he desired to cross over to Achaia, Achaia, if you look at your, at your map, is where Corinth and, and Athens, it's in that area in particular, the, down at the, the bottom, if you will, of that peninsula. When, Achaia, when he wanted to go to Corinth, the brethren wrote, the brethren who were in Ephesus wrote and they encouraged the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace by vigorously refuting the Jews publicly and showing them from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Boy, this guy came a long way. Some time passed, and but it isn't much time, it wasn't years before Apollos digested the new things, studied to show himself approved felt the Lord lead him to a place far away. And when he showed up, not only did he show up with recommendations from the brethren who knew him, but he began to be of great help to them. So read the words there, great help to the saints. How? He, he had a ministry of convincing the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. He was really good at using the Bible. Many people got saved. And, and the, from what I read in the Corinthian letter, This guy was a huge help in establishing the church there. Um, In the church that Paul had begun in Corinth, spent 18 months, Apollos now runs in to become a blessing to it. Meanwhile, Paul will show up in Ephesus, and at least the people that he had left behind, Apollos, who also didn't have as much information as as, uh, he did, Uh, Paul will take them that next step in the next seven verses in chapter 19, and pre- present Jesus to them. And so what, what pause left behind, Paul built on. And the church was, was, was you know, blessed uh, in both ends. So God uses a lot of different people in the church. It, it takes all kinds, you know. Some of you have be- begun serving in the body. Others of you have laid the foundation in ministry. And um, we just uh, hired a new um, receptionist today who told me that she had went to... One of our ladies' uh, classes in Sunday school has been working for us over 20 years and getting ready to retire. So she went through that class as a little like fifth grader, and now she's answering phones at the church and helping people out. Pretty cool, you know. Somebody plants, other water, and look at us—we all lose our hair. I don't know how that works, but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure the way that's the way that works. So. Sadly, when when it comes to Corinth, Paul would later have to write to this church, because as much as they loved Paul, who had been there so long, eventually they began to love Apollos more. And so you will read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter, I guess in chapter 1, where, where Paul writes to them, he says, how come there's such a division in your church? One of you says, I'm of Apollos. And one of the, uh, another one of you says, well, I'm of Paul. And really... Christ isn't divided, and Paul wasn't crucified for you, and uh, you weren't baptized in the name of Paul, knock it off. Quit choosing sides. I've always been interested in church, the way churches work, because you know, I listen to a lot of guys that I like to listen to, and there are several guys I really don't want to ever listen to. They're good teachers. They're just not for me. You probably won't admit that, but you know that's true for you as well. As long as I'm not on that list, you're good. In any event, they began to yeah, I like him better. No, I like him better. And they got their eyes off of Jesus. You know, I think it was 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where Paul said, how come one of you says I'm of Paul another one of you says I'm of Apollos? You guys are all a bunch of carnal people. I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. He's the one we're interested in. So if you find someone that's blessing you, good for you. just means that God is blessing you. But God uses a lot of different folks. I never have taken a personal People that so I can't learn from you. All right, move along. What can I do, right? God uses a lot of us to do the right thing for him. So if God's using you, not everyone's going to listen, but you'd be faithful to what God's given you to do. So at best, we're his vessels, right? But, but notice the work here of these two, or this couple, I should say, with one guy during the year that Paul is gone because we'll see him arriving in verse 1 in Ephesus and beginning his ministry there that will, like I said, take three years. Well, we'll finish in verse 28 where it says that he vigorously uh, refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. I I love the word vigorously refuted. It's only one word in Greek. It means to defend without shame. It is only used here in the the New Testament. There, you won't find the Word anywhere else. Here's my question to you. Could you go to the Old Testament and vigorously defend that Jesus is the Christ? Could you do that? If you had to do that tonight, bring someone in and they need to know from the Old Testament Jesus is the Christ, could you do that? If you can't, why not work on that as a project? It won't take you that long. Find the Scriptures, make a list of things that add to your points, and learn them. We had, have had great times in Israel over the years talking with folks who live there who don't believe in the New Testament. So you only have an Old Testament. And now you've got to get to Jesus from there. So there are, what, 330 prophecies in the Old Testament regarding the, the first coming of Jesus. Learn a few of those. There's a, there's a verse in Daniel 9 that will tell you the exact day that Jesus will appear in Jerusalem as their king. exactly. 383 years after the order was given to rebuild Jerusalem by Artaxerxes after the Babylonian destruction. Uh, You you can learn those and say, if Jesus isn't the Messiah, there isn't one, because these years have come and gone. But anyway, Apollos was good at proving that Jesus was the Messiah. He came to water what Paul had planted. And like I said, it would seem in chapter 19 that Paul came to water what Apollos had planted in, uh, Ephesus as well. So, to me, the lesson is pretty obvious. You know, Paul is the guy that, that burns within to see people get saved. I don't know what drives you, but, but, but for my way of thinking, you know, if, if we can lead someone to the Lord, that's the best work you'll ever do. That's eternal. You leave that eternally so, don't you? One of the things that got me out of my job, uh, I had a really good job, made good money, And I felt the Lord call me into ministry, and I wasn't going to get paid near as much. In fact, I wasn't going to get paid almost at all. But I thought to myself, whatever I'm doing at my old job, I can make a lot of dough, but someone else can do this job. But if I get called to ministry, no one else can do that. Not the way I'm supposed to be doing it, right? We all have a unique calling. And what we do is eternal. You lead somebody to Jesus, you've you've affected them for eternity. You didn't just give them a day off or an extra dollar or a foot up. You gave them life, right? You, met, you, you led them to the one who gives life. And, and Paul couldn't shake the, I don't think he could shake the responsibility. As much as he had to pay personally to get it done, I, I don't think you could have talked him out of the importance of doing what he did. And, and then you look at like killer and Priscilla. It's not exactly household words when it comes to the Bible. You know, unless you're a real avid Bible stu- student, you might not even remember where they might have shown up. But they have this great influence, and they touch churches on you know, hundreds of miles apart just by their faithfulness to teach one guy. So who knows what God will do with you as you share your faith with others. It, it, I would write across these nine or ten verses, it takes all kinds. One God, all kinds. And God knows we have all kinds in here, don't we? Father, we thank you tonight for your word to us, and, and just getting us to this last trip of paul's and getting us to ephesus we're looking forward lord to what you're going to teach us in these next couple of chapters especially as as paul puts down more roots than we're used to seeing him put down at all and father we would pray tonight that you would stir our hearts by your spirit as we read in the in the narrative of the early church's work that you would stir the hearts of us, your people, that we would be Achilla, and we would be Priscilla, and we would be Apollos, and we'd be like Paul, or Timothy, or Silas, or Barnabas. And all of these names that pop up, these faithful men and women who who come and go, but yet without them the, the story isn't complete. And we realize that we're this generation now. We have to reach our country. Boy, what a mess. But it wasn't any more of a mess than it was in the first century in Rome, Or in Corinth, it seems to me, Lord, we're up against the same battle, but we have the same God. And so, Lord, may you move in our midst tonight. And may I encourage you, speak up, speak out. Take what you've learned and share it with someone. You're going to be, your mind's going to be blown to see what God will do through his word. The the gospel just changes people's lives. You you think they're not going to listen at all, and, and the next thing you know, they're saved. God has a way, and I know that He'll use you. And don't don't be afraid or or discount what you've learned. You, You know a lot. So use what you've been given, and let's see what the Lord will do.
0: And may we take what God has given us to work with and shine the light of salvation to the world around us. We've been listening to a study taken from Acts chapter 18, verses 18 through 28. This has been the second half and conclusion of a two-part study taught by Pastor Jacob Abelan. If you'd like to get the entire message, we do have that available for you. All you need to do to order, simply contact us and ask for study number 3072. That's always helpful for us to know the radio station that you're listening to, so be sure to mention those call letters when you get a hold of us. And here in the month of January, we'd like to offer to you Pastor Jack's teachings through the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. The series is titled, Letters to Hungry Hearts. Paul wrote these letters to the young Thessalonian church and really gives us some great examples of how to walk with the Lord, how to share our faith with others, and the great anticipation that we have to Jesus' soon return. This entire series is available in the MP3 format on a single USB flash drive. So if you'd like to order Letters to Hungry Hearts, Pastor Jack's teachings through 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, or if you'd like to get today's study, just dial our toll-free phone number at 866-88-GRACE. That's 866-884-7223. Again, that's 866-884-7223. And you can also order by mail Just address your letter to Growing Through Grace, P.O. Box 1954, Whittier, California, 90609. And for your convenience, you can find this resource and all of our others at our website. Just log in to growingthroughgrace.com. Again, that's growingthroughgrace.com. That does finish up our time for today. We invite you to plan on joining us next time as we'll continue working our way through the book of Acts. Until then, as you daily walk with our Lord Jesus Christ, may you continue to grow in His grace. Growing Through Grace is a listener-supported ministry brought to you by Morningstar Christian Chapel in Whittier, California, a Calvary Chapel outreach.